We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Conservative. What I don't like about Washington is they're very nice to your face, and then they take a shiv or a machete, and they stab it in your back. I'm a Wall Street guy, and I'm more of a front-stabbing person, and, and I'd rather tell people directly how I feel about them. Nobody talk about politics, like, don't say anything, you know. A marriage that's been through it all. She has filed for divorce over his naked political ambition. These are the views of a couple in love. A couple with children. A couple with differing opinions and perspectives a couple that survived he's kind of like an impetuous guy in in many ways that's great in some ways it's tough when you're married what leads them back to each other communication conversation and a realistic outlook on the world we live in your hosts anthony and deirdre scaramucci this is mooch and the missus we officially have the longest introduction you gotta cut on the, the face of history. Yeah, we don't really have that sensible of a worldview either. We're <laughs> sort of very unsensitized worldview. But we have a uh, special guest, which we're going to introduce very quickly. We talk about the news of the day, but we're going to talk a lot about your book. Uh, this is a legendary author, Tim Samuels, who authored Future Man, How to Evolve and Thrive in the Age of Trump, Mansplaining... And hashtag me and hashtag me too, but I you you know welcome to the show. Thank you, thanks and, guys. And by uh, the way, so we brought your book on our trip. We just went on a little vacation, mm-hmm. and I was talking to somebody at like the swim up bar in the pool, and he happened to be a young man who was I think like around nineteen or twenty years old, but he was definitely an interesting guy, and he was a little quirky. He was telling me about the koalas that he recently experienced on his trip to Australia, how they weren't aware of the Me Too movement. <laughs> yeah, they were making a, <laughs> and they were they were, making they were handsy with his bo- mother. They were making a move was, on. It a, was very funny. They were but moving it, on the boobs. It, it, but it made but, me think of, but you know, did, the did book you, that we were reading. When, when you were, I don't know if they had this uh, show in London. You're obviously from Manchester, but you live now where? I live in London. Now. Yeah, did, yeah. Did they have a show maybe 20 plus years ago called Return of the Caveman? No. Did you ever see no, that no, show? No. Okay. Did you Could ever you see star that show? In that? It, or Trump? No, I is knuckle dragging. <laughs> I should have started it. I would have been a replacement. But the Return of the Caveman was a comedy that came out in the late eighties, early nineties. It was a one man uh Broadway play. And oh, the, oh yeah. You remember it? Uh-huh. Okay. And so when I was I remember reading, they revived it on when Broadway. I was reading your book, I was like, Okay, this is like your book is a modern expression. Of the return of the caveman with the new edge to what's going on now and the clash between conservative values and uh, me tooism and mansplaining and all this other stuff and so so anyway but anyway the, it was a very funny description and you do a beautiful job in your book of explaining where we are today and where you think we're going so i just have to ask you a couple of questions okay so the first one is please do it's your podcast yeah, yeah, so so the first one is uh uh, tell tell our listeners from your voice a little bit about your book, but then why did you write it and how did you get these insights? Because I was telling my wife and other people that you really have a very interesting pulse on the zeitgeist of what's going on, at least in the Western liberal democracy. So go ahead. 
Yeah, well, I mean, well, thanks for having me. I'll, I'll, I'll try not to do any kind of koala-like behaviour. But you, <laughs> you, you can move on, Neil. You, you get very red. Well, you, <laughs> if you squeeze Neil's breasts, first of all, at twenty-three, you should. At, at twenty-three, you should have a firmer chest than that. So you'll, it probably won't express milk or anything like that. Oh but they my are very, god! They're I, very soft oh, Neil breasts. Well, let, let me tell you, you know, so. let you tell you from my research. Yeah. If, if if Neil drank a lot of soya milk every day, <laughs> yeah, he, he, yes. he could uh, he could have some estrogenic action. Yeah, up you top. see that? So the testes shrink and the breasts get bigger. Neil, Please do. do. Do Don't more. be ordering the soy Neil, lattes. Neil, do more push-ups, Neil. Otherwise, Tim may give you a koala bear <laughs> squeeze. Go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. Um, so, uh, a world away from koalas. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I grew up in a kind of very liberal media environment, working for the BBC, living in kind of big cities. And the, the thing which has always struck me in, in my journalism and documentaries, I've done stuff around immigration, um, what's kind of going on in, in Britain and around the world, is that people don't take men seriously. So a few years ago, we had we had this radio show in, in the UK called Woman's Hour, and it's been on for about 70 years now. And I said, you know, can we have a men's hour? And it took years, but we got it, we got it commissioned. And then the more I spent time with guys, I realized that the, the way men are depicted in the media is so two, barely two-dimensional. It's kind of like one-dimensional. Benny Hill? So like, wait, what, what are we, mean? media <laughs> meaning like television, movies, all media, right? Yeah, you know, magazines especially. You know, you, you see a glossy magazine and you think a guy cares about a watch and an airbrush woman and that's it. And he's got nothing to say. Right. Uh, you see an advert and God forbid someone leaves a baby with a guy. There's, you know, there's a, there's that, a domestic oh, Can meltdown. I just interrupt you for a second? Mm. So my dad, he's no longer with us, but he used to get so pissed about commercials he used to complain all the time that, or sitcoms, saying that they always made the men look so inept and like they could never do anything, and that all they did was follow their wives' instructions, and they were like dodos. And it used to really bother him. And I was like, why does he even care? You know. But then when I think about it, flipped because I know there are certain stereotypes with women. I I see why it makes people angry. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's equivalent to saying, he, he, oh, what are you doing out of the kitchen? Right. Exactly. I know. I get yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. But anyway, so. Keep going. Um, so uh, this this kind of image of men was out then. I just thought I wanted to speak to how men really are because men we're not this big homogenous lump. We are as, as we're kind of some are doing well, some are struggling. Um, you seem to Anthony's walking over to give you a hug. I think yeah. Maybe. No, I just squeezed her boob in a quality yeah, with, with a with a pen light. People that are listening to the podcast and how we really are. I just squeezed her with boob. a pen light. Ahead, no, anyway, you're yeah, interrupting to, him. He's. Okay. Dude. I can't wait to. I mean, if you, if you, okay. if you need to, if you need to, uh, we don't need to do anything. Take this. If you need no. to take action, I'm a witness to what just okay, happened. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Good. Um, so uh, men, we're, we're, men aren't being represented. We are kind of con- we are complicated. We we have emotional depth and vulnerability. And some guys are doing great at the moment. The guys at the top in this economy, and a lot of guys are having a really hard time. They're struggling out there, and they're not going to do better than their dads. And they are more like to end up in jail or have mental health problems. So I just wanted to tell the story of what's really going on with men from the kind of lighter side of dating and the kind of crazy choice out there to the more serious side around mental health to the men have become a big political force. If you don't take men seriously, you make them uh, ripe for radicalization because they're, they're crying out to be taken seriously. And uh, that's mm-hmm. something that the right does a lot better than the left. Mm-hmm. You have, a, you have a great quote in your book about men. Uh, one of the protagonists in the book you're describing, I can't remember which it was, but he said that men cry on the inside. Mm. Do you remember writing this? David Duchovny wrote that. David Duchovny, yes. Mm. Okay, there you go, David Duchovny. So, so, so um, t- 
Tell us what you mean by that, or tell us what you think he means by that, David Duchovny. I think, well, I, I, I met David and he read the book and um, he sent that to me afterwards. Uh, I think we are, I mean, I come from a country of stiff upper lip. Mm-hmm. Um, over here, I guess it's kind of tough machismo and kind of cowboys. And, you know, we're brought up not to express show emotion it's seen as a sign of vulnerability whereas you know we we keep quiet and then we end up with mental health rates rocketing and opioid abuse and stuff so it's just important that we say okay i'm i'm a real man and i'm having a hard time or i need a bit of help i as a woman think that is like way more attractive than some guy never having feelings or emotions Mm, and i think if you ask nine out of ten women they would say that they would like that um I don't know why anybody, no one would ever believe that someone is so macho or so stiff upper lip that they would never have a, have a feeling or an emotion. So to me, I don't get that whole thing. I mean, I guess we're taught to be, and women too, we have things that we're taught to be, you know, we're taught to be feminine and we're always apologizing for everything, even though it's not something to apologize for. And men are taught to never show um, weakness, which would be, I guess, crying. So I get it. but. Wouldn't you like it better, like if a woman actually does things that are outside of the box of what she's supposed to be doing? Because men, I like men that do things that they're not supposed to do. Clearly, you're asking me or Tim? Both of you. Yeah, well, I'm me just for curious. sure. I mean, yeah. I think that the I think that the Abrax is a very another interesting book that I read uh, recently called "The Art of Human Nature" by Robert Greene. I don't know if you've read any of his mm. works, but his point is is that. Like what Herman Hess wrote in the book, Damien, there's an abraxis. You have some good sides to you. You have some bad sides to you. There's some darkness in all of us. And there's also female traits in all of us and uh, masculine traits in all of us. And so wouldn't it just be better to drop the overhang of all those stereotypes and what we're supposed to be and just actually be who you are? are. And that's what I love about your book. But you also are pointing out that the direction that we're going in doesn't seem to be getting us to I think where we want to go it's causing a lot of like as I'm banging into my microphone like rocket (laughs) you know rockets going off in different directions I mean it's more more or less led to the rise of Trump am I correct I I, I I think so I mean you write about that so explain absolutely so I I think loss is an incredibly powerful emotion and I write that you just have to go to the casino and you watch someone who is who's losing and you see how they are, they're just overcome by the desire to get back and they, they double up and they double up until they, they don't have a shirt on their back. Loss is the thing when you're lying awake at night, it's about the things that you've lost. Loss is twice as powerful as any sort of pleasure. And if you look at what guys have lost, they've lost their jobs uh, or job security, their kind of basic hunter gathering, they've lost their status. They might well lose their relationship as a result, their, their sense of self-esteem, their purpose, peer groups, being part of a union, being part of, feeling part of something bigger, just whatever it is that gets you up in the morning. That is a very, very powerful set of losses and emotion that's built up there. So you're desperate. You're, you're the desperate gambler. And you think, well, the current system isn't working for me. Along comes someone like Donald Trump. And you think, why not? I'm going to put my bet on this guy you know he's going to turn over the whole roulette table mm-hmm. he's going to maybe shake things up um, and he's speaking to me in a way which I understand you know he has this kind of uh, I'm, I'm a guy I've been there I've done it I'm going to bring back the coal I'm going to bring back the jobs there you know almost like a kind of father figure when you're desperate you can reach out to and, and trust 
And it's not surprising that guys en masse flock behind Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he is this kind of alpha male. He is this. He has an independence that all men yearn. You know, he can say what he wants and get away with it. How mm-hmm. many men can do that these days? You're totally right. So I think, you know, he is this... Uh, He's the, he's the kind of uh, the touch paper that's come along. I, I, and, and I couldn't. I said what I wanted. I got fired and like I got fired like an Austin Powers villain. Hmm. Do you go back to the president's uh, paternalism, the concept, which of is so interesting yes. because anyone who knows them actually says that they're. And I don't know them, and I'm not saying this is true or it's not. But everyone says that they're kind of like not very close, and he's not very in touch or close with his kids on a like a paternal. In a paternal way. He's not like a warm and fuzzy, you know, he's a provider. But I think it's the avatar of that. I mean, what you're describing, it's more of an avatar. Yeah, what you're describing he, in the book is his age and his independence, as you're pointing out, is a gravitational pull to a lot of these disenfranchised and, men. And right? he'll also say, here are the boogeymen, you know, immigrants, uh, foreign trade deals, Right, women, he points out the villains. You know, here are the boogeymen. <laughs> I'm going to protect you. I'm, phys- I'm physically protecting you. You know, I promised to build this wall. So I, I think for, uh, for guys who are on their economic downers, it's a very, obviously, it's a very appealing prospect. It is this kind of patrician, successful alpha male who said, I, I hear you and I'm going to look after you. So, but whether he does or not, that's a, that's a, that's a wholly different I question. I am a young, vibrant man. <laughs> I, I know, By the way, the there's, I, I, and that gives us all hope for aging, doesn't oh, yeah. it? Yeah, he says yeah, that. Yeah. But uh, the no, but thing I love about him is his ha- ocular nerve damage. Yes, he thinks he's like 32 inch waist, 170. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's called body dysmorphia. Yeah, but uh, you know, so I, I see all, I see all of this stuff from the flip side. So I, I, what you're saying about men voting for him or following him, there's something to be said with that too, because whether women want to believe it or not, or admit it or not, they like somebody. In, whether it's their husband or their father or their president who makes them feel safe and protected and secure. And, you know, some woman out there will be annoyed and say, like, I don't need that. I can do it myself. But mm. that's not the truth. And that's part of the reason I think a lot of women voted for him the first time. But now he's screw- he screwed that up women. now because mm. now he's just like dissing and dismissing everybody. And as a mom, I can't be like, oh, yeah. You should do that, and my kids should follow in your footsteps. Like, terrible example, so you got to go. But initially, people voted for him because of that, you know, I'll take you under my wing, and you're safe and good to go. Anthony, you know, can I ask you, do do you think that he deliberately sets sets out to kind of tap into that that male psyche, or was it something which just came naturally? No, he's he's very good at that. He is. But is he premeditated, or he's just Totally premeditated, no. Totally so he thinks I'm going to appeal he to has these people? A, he or has he's... a very weird form of OCD. Uh, he has an internal conversation going on with himself where he's, uh, it's all premeditated, it's all strategic. The whole tweeting mechanism against those four women that was designed to label the entire Democratic Party as left-leaning, radicalized, uh, 9-11 supporters and mm. ISIS supporters. And it was also a dog whistle to all of those people on the far right to get out there and get their voter participation up to help him. It's all it's all calculated. So to me, um, when you're doing that, you're the president of the United States. We have only one person in our system that all of us vote on. I mm. don't know your system as well as our system. Maybe you don't have anybody because you have your members of parliament vote on your prime minister. But for us, we have one 
election every four years where the whole country gets to vote for one person to lead the country. And Harry Truman said it best that you have to be the leader for all the people, even the ones that didn't vote for you. So when you're talking like that, you know, it's racially charged, it's uh, desensitive, and it's very divisive. And so that's for me. Now, having said that, there's a whole group of people, white men, give them hell, beating their chests, dragging their testicles on the floor and thinking (laughs) that this is the greatest thing that ever happened, okay? The flip side of it is there are women out there, like this woman, uh, (laughs) Rampano, whatever her name is, I think she's a moron, okay? She's an arrogant moron, okay? So she's hurting her cause and she's espousing radicalism. You're talking about the soccer player for anyone who's confused. Anti-Americanism and all this other nonsense, and that's actually a business plan. So she's espousing socialism and anti-Americanism and peace and social justice as a Colin Kaepernick business plan so she can make tens of millions of dollars for herself with Nike. And Nike, rather than being an inclusive uh, uh, corporation, has now also split and said, hey, screw the white affluent people that buy these sneakers. We're going for the urban kids that buy these sneakers. So they, they throw the Betsy Ross flags into the garbage and they're going after a certain genre. So... So Trump is, in my opinion, uh, great policies, ridiculous uh, delivery, ridiculous strategy. Like if you had his policies with Barack Obama's personality, the guy would be at 75 percent approval rating. But let, let, let me. Uh, so, I'm, that's I'm my person. Well, let, let, let me ask you, you know, that Trump appeals, you know, as we know, very successfully to men. But in terms of if you wanted policies that would really have change those lives would you you know had bernie sanders one would arguably he not have you know taken away some of their health care worries or perhaps brought some of those industries back or find smart ways to do that do you think trump has let those men down well he's in many ways he's let those men down in many ways he's exceeded their expectations because when he tweets those lunatic tweets those kukulala tweets they cheer but trust me i've mm. been in parts of the country where one kukulala tweet after the next is is like a symphony to these people but what you're missing is is the corrupt Democrat. Well, he's obviously, but he's let down a whole other a, subset of people, Donald uh, Trump. No, no, I know. Men included, like mm. my brother. Yeah. I'm, I'm making who, that point. You know what I'm saying? Would have voted for Bernie Sanders, and he's completely different than um, Donald Trump and cries and plays a guitar. So you know me, what I'm saying? Let me, let me make two observations, though. Number one, it was the same people at the Bernie Sanders rallies that were at the Trump rallies. Okay, Corey Lewandowski and I. Went to four Bernie Sanders rallies. I was at 26 Trump rallies. What do you mean it was the same people? The same complaint. The oh, the same, same complaint. Disenfranchisement. Okay, I, like, I don't mean the same exact people. Mm. I, mean, I thought they were serial. Here's my uh, issue. A bit more vegan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bit pro- more, yeah. Maybe, but not necessarily. Mm. This is my issue. I'm disenfranchised with the system. I'm anxious about my job. I have some level of economic desperation. Trump was offering a different solution strategy and policy than Sanders but it was the same group of people. Trump had an amazing crossover. They have the same complaint, but they wanted it done very differently. Correct, but yeah. the, but Trump had an amazing crossover. I think it was 13% of the Sanders voters, primary voters voted for Trump. Mm. Don't forget that. So what, what Clinton did was she manipulated the system, very crooked. I'm not, I like her, I have nothing, I'm not just saying that they, they, they took the nomination away from him. I can just explain it to you with the super delegates and the way they manipulated the system and they fed her debate answers and they were doing everything they could to rig the system for her. And then when he realized all hope was lost, he waved the white flag mm. at the convention and said, um, I'm for you. But when that got exposed by WikiLeaks and the powers that be through social media, his voters disaffected. 
Okay, Barack Obama got 74% of the Hillary Clinton primary voters to vote for him. She got less than 49% of the Bernie Sanders voters to vote for her, mm. and that's the reason why she... So she lost the election through the exposure of the rigging of that system. But I think, I think when, you look at, when you look at Trump and you look at Bernie and you look at perhaps where the, the Democratic Party might be heading at the moment, it goes back to that idea of... It's not work. The game isn't working for us. You know, I've been sat at this roulette wheel and my number is just not coming in and, I, and I'm desperate. So I'm willing I'm willing to do something more extreme. I'm willing to tip this table over. I'm willing to embrace the extreme left or the extreme right. And that's that's the challenge in that that kind of liberalism has these days, that kind of centrist no, sensibility but, that does, but, isn't appealing. But there's right. a big reason for that. And you, you sort of explained it in your book. But but I, I would explain it slightly differently. The reason for that is the establishment failed these people. I, I, you know, the UK, and the economy. Yeah, no question. Yeah. The UK, United States, let's plug into globalism. Uh, they sat around with the elites and the donor class. And they said, okay, we're going to set the system up for you guys. Oh, the banks are going to fail. No problem. Let's shoot a trillion dollars into the banks. And, oh, you lost your money in your little mortgage, your tiny roulette wheel. We're going to ignore you. Bernie Sanders is right about all that stuff. So, so what ended up happening is my blue-collar family, it was economically aspirational. 25, 30 years later, those same people are economically desperational. And, and we're not going to do better than our fathers. We're the first generation in, in countless generations to so not do better yeah. than our fathers. Bad policies. And, and, Bad policies. And, and this is the thing. I think... Uh, no planning, we, no infrastructure, no education, no training. And no when you know, when, I guess when you guys joined the WTO, is it something like 3 million jobs directly shifted to China plus all the other jobs. When China was allowed to join. So so, so what happened was the General Agreement of Trade and Tariffs, the GATT, which was put in place in the late 40s by the Western powers, uh, they converted that to the World Trade Organization once we stopped using words like second and third world. As those economies became emerging economies, we, we changed the name to WTO, and in 2001, we let the Chinese in. Now, what we did was we let the Chinese in as a developing nation. They've rigged the currency against us. They flooded the market in a mercantilist way. Uh, they had astounding growth, and no politician in the West checked them. There was political malpractice by the EU, the Prime Minister of Great Britain, and the American president, uh, you know, presidents, Republicans and Democrats. So now they have a rise. They're still sitting in the WTO, second largest economy in the world as a developing nation. That should never mm. have happened. No. Okay, so, no. so why are you laughing? No, it's just funny. They're not, they're very developed. Very developed. Yeah. So, so Trump is right about a lot of things, but he says it like a complete asshole. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, there's a group of men, knuckle-dragging, love that, return of the caveman. There's a group of vegans that hate it, and they'll try to stab Trump's eye out with a ballpoint pen. But at the end of the day... He's going to win again, in my opinion. I'll tell you why. Because they have no alternative. Mm. They're not. They're not. Unless you disagree with me, you're more of a sociologist than me. Who are they putting up against him? He is a human wrecking ball. He is an orange bowling ball. I'm an they're, extremely stable yeah, genius. Yeah, he's yes. an eleven. Yes. He'll he'll knock those people into next week. You ever see him fight on a debate stage? He, and he'll say stuff that a normal politician that has been spending four decades comporting their language and you know, saying mm. shit that no one really gives a Trump fuck about. Trump is crazy. He'll, mm. he'll say crazy ass shit mm. and, and people enjoy that. So who's I mean, gonna beat him? Go ahead. I mean, I, I, I guess Democrats need to win men uh, and, and peel some of those guys away who, who voted 
for Trump. And it goes back to my you know, what we were saying at the beginning. If if you are uh, suffering, if there's inequality, if you're not if you're not making that, uh, if you can't save, if you can't make your paycheck, then who are you going to look to on the Democrat side? And I think you know some of the stuff which seems to appeal is the system is rigged. Uh, you know the stuff that Elizabeth Warren is saying, and Pete Buttigieg. It's, it's interesting. I, I don't know whether either of those two could be elected, but you know the stuff they're saying has enough of a radicalism to it, I think, to make you think, actually, it is rigged and stru- structurally the economy works against us. Or maybe, you, you know, if you're looking for that kind of father figure reassurance, then it would be, it would be Joe Biden. It's, you know, he has those blue collar roots, uh, you know, whether... Can't handle contact with the enemy. I guess we'll, we'll, see, we'll see in the next. The, we'll see in the next debate. Okay, so, do you guys he's think? The Rick okay, can I the ask Democratic you something? Party. He forgets things on the debate stage. Okay, so no, is that because he's seventy-six, or no, that's his, if that's, he would have done that, that at fifty-six? Okay, the, he almost lost the debate to Sarah Palin, baby. I mean, okay, but can I just say something? Let's to to play into your book. Like when I watch Elizabeth Warren, I'm I think to myself, there's absolutely no way that even if she said the most like profound thing. I could never vote for her because she looks so nervous and she looks so frail. Pocahontas? Pocahontas doesn't do it for me in like the, in the physical way. Like I can't have her going up against like Putin or the Chinese government or whoever it may be. Is that like a, is there something wrong with me? I think, I think. Or just like a a lot of- It's a little strange. I mean, if if you look at- you know, Angela Merkel to look at. But she, she doesn't look nervous. You know what I mean? No, she doesn't come across I think, like... I t- I t- it's weird for me to say, but I think you're you're being a bit sexist. I am, um, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you look at Elizabeth Warren, you think here's a really, really smart, self-made person with some very thought-out ideas. And she got her own agency. You know, she has, you know, she's she's worked the Washington system a bit. I, so I'm being a reverse sexist, right? I think you are. Yeah. Where did you get that from? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. You know, I I don't know. I, grew, I have two brothers, two sons, two nephews, a husband, and my parents grew up in the 60s in the United States. And by no means was, you know, my, my mom and dad were very equal in many ways but we, of course they had their gender roles and it maybe some of it plays into your life well you're a friend of tony robbins he believes in gender roles what is your opinion of gender roles they're they're fine unless they take over your life if you keep them in check that's fine but you know like if you're strapped to are you married no single do you, do you have a gender role when you're out dating uh, you role play when you're dating. You can tell not us. role playing. Are we talking about I'm sex kidding. at some point? <laughs> okay, I'm I, uh, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's the whole thing of you know when 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 the bill comes, your your instinct is allow me you know first date let me get this, but at the same time it's I don't want to be some seventies sexist where a man pays. So I th- you know I would just normally make a joke and say listen I don't want to undermine a century of feminism, but do you mind? I, I'm happy to get. Tonight. But that's like the best way. To go about it, but what you just did, but that, yeah, yeah, but you know, it take, takes a while to kind of get there. But in terms of gender roles, I think, I think one thing which gets a bit lost in modern society is that we are basically cavemen in suits. We haven't physiologically turn of the cavemen evolved. Scene. We haven't evolved That's in the book. twelve thousand years that we that we. No stopped. update to the software. Go, go right? yeah, go exactly. on, go on YouTube and watch the soliloquy. The, Hold on, I want him to finish his point. I just the return of the cavemen. Are go you ahead. getting like? Some sort of revenue off of the return. No, no, no. no, 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 I just think it's very. So, so, so we 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 haven't evolved. We are essentially in the same bodies with the same wiring that we were out on the prairie looking for wildebeest and trying to hide from lions. 
And that means that we have, uh, we have this testosterone that needs to be vented. We have a higher genetic tendency to want to take risk. We need to take controlled risks. But we live in worlds which are ridiculous. We uh, are sedentary. You know, guys um, barely spend more than half an hour a day on, on their feet. Boys are being brought up where they have to sit on their hands and be nice boys instead of running around and being boisterous. And, and they're not allowed to cl- climb trees anymore or, 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 or take any risks. And I, I think it's this, there's, there's this testosterone that just needs to be let out in, in a good way, not by going out and starting a brawl or denigrating women or anything like that. But we just, we just kind of need to get the, the hardware and the software in sync and mod- modern society, you know, this it's kind of crazy how we live to kind of get in a car, drive somewhere, sit on your ass all day, drive back, have convenience food. Um, it's it's a ridiculous way of living. Man boobs like Neil due to uh, excess soy consumption. No underwear, no thong. Right? No, man <laughs> boobs like him. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So, so, but I mean, so you're, the reason why your book's resonating for me and why I predict the book is going to be a resounding success is that I have thought of fragments of what you have thought, just like through general observation, but you have really fingered it and identified it and wrote 10 or 12 chapters fingered about it. Best effort. Fingered it. Remember that? Remember that? Remember yes. that? So, so we're making an inside joke about the whole fingering situation, which not totally, with me. Totally, I don't, I, I don't totally, know if this translates. I don't know totally, if it's totally, totally inappropriate. Uh, but it doesn't matter. But it's fine. But maybe, but maybe my, it's a different my, American. But my point, yes, I guess, exactly. my point, and I sort of asked this earlier, but I want you to really drill down on it. Then we can talk about some current events. But how did you get to this? I mean, you have, I mean, I don't know if there's reincarnation or not, but when I was reading the book, I was looking forward to meeting, I said, this guy obviously has an older soul. There's a wisdom that you have, and there's a duality to your personality where you understand and have empathy for the woman's side of the issue and for the man's side of the issue, and you write about it, and obviously you're a terrific writer, but you write about it in a way where people say, yes, yes, I've sort of thought about that. Oh, wait a minute, I thought about that, and you're tying all these pieces together. So how are you able to do that? What do you attribute it to? Uh, kind words, I guess. In having been a, a sort of journalist and a documentary maker, my mind is very analytical. So I, I, I look and I drill down until I think I've reached a truth, and I can't, can't stop till I get there. And then you want to tell people's stories, but you know, doing documentaries thing, it's really about empathy. It's it's about putting yourself in another person's shoes. So you know, I, I've done some BBC documentaries around immigration. You know, we basically got Brexit because. Uh, Tony Blair liberalised our immigration laws and, um, you know, the best part of a million Eastern Europeans came in very quickly. And on the one hand, you know, you, you can have empathy for what it's like to to come to, uh, to, to, to move country, you know, when you're driven, and, you know, I've been to some Romanian villages which are dirt poor and you can think, well, if I was here, I'd, I'd want to go to London. But at the same time, you think, if I lived in one of these neighbourhoods and it suddenly changed overnight, would I want my parents to live here? So for me, it's about putting yourself in the shoes of whoever you're meeting or talking to. The problem to. with me, I can put myself in both shoes and then I'm like really confused about 
what I think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can think about how both sides think, and then I'm like, well, then what the hell am I? I don't even know what I'm supposed to do about uh, it. You know? I don't know what I said. Uh, I don't remember. Most people see it one way and one way only. I think it's better the way my brain works, but at the same time, it's more confusing. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think well, you're. I think I think you're probably like most people. I mean, what I hate about the society now. Really, I feel like I'm not. I feel no, like everybody's like, yeah. no, this is how it is. No, people and are anchoring, is... anchoring to certain positions and need to be defined a certain way. Like I, I piss off Trump supporters because I tell people he acts batshit crazy. He should stop doing that. That's what I'm saying. You're not I allowed trip, to do that I, because I, you're I supposed off. to be yeah, exactly. a Trump person, so you have to yeah. be like so super. Yeah. <laughs> Where he is. <laughs> right, right. So Trump's mad at me for doing that, but I don't give a shit. Right. And the flip side is I get Democrats mad at me because there's a lot of shit that Trump does. Yeah, but that I'm talking I, about politics like. aside in life. Aren't you usually able to see both sides of the coin? I am, and it's confusing. But That's we do we saying. do that less and less because we, we we follow media that reinforces what we feel uh, right. already. So so the, yeah, I think it's it's look it's hard to be to, to when you, when you overthink. Life is generally harder, yeah. you know. It, you don't sleep as well, no, and and you have these decisions. But you you sometimes come to wise decisions at the end of that. So, um, and also going back to your point, I think it's not being afraid to tackle some of the taboos. So you know, one of the things I was looking at was monogamy, and you know, from when you look at marriage and divorce rates, when fifty percent of marriages are, are going belly up, you kind of think something's not working. Um, and so you look at okay, we 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 are apes uh, mm-hmm. in in some form, and if you look at the size of our testicles and compare them to other apes, um, based oh. on that size, we now, are you're talking about my my balls. Uh, Mine are like grapefruits. But well, keep well if they if, if they are, then you're more at the you're more at the chimp end of the spectrum. <laughs> The chimp, the chimp, the chimp now, where else can you tune in and fucking, hear the word testicles the five fucking, times in a half an hour? Only My hear favorite me. author just called me a chimp, but I feel <laughs> I'm pretty good about it. I almost want to go over there and hug and kiss him. Okay, chimp, the reason, and the reason chimps have yep. big testicles is because they are so promiscuous that they, they, they try and produce... Okay, my testicles are a lot smaller than chimps. I just want oh, to okay, state yeah. that for the record. Uh, I don't know what this is going to do to your marriage, but the chimps are so promiscuous <laughs> that they need, to, they need to produce enough semen to flush out the guy before. Oh my God! Whereas a gibbon, Yikes. whereas a gibbon has small testicles and is largely monogamous, so it doesn't need to generate as much sperm as a chimp. I have, because I have pea-sized gibbon <laughs> testicles. I just want to. I slather it that. on. I, I, <laughs> I, I can literally see them shrinking before my eyes. So yeah. <laughs> they're they're little green giant peas in the frozen food section. But this is crazy. I okay, so I, I make sure everyone knows that I I want to retract uh, my chimpanzee size grapefruit. I think they're now putty pois. Oh, yeah, they're getting right. smaller yeah. and smaller. Exactly. But they, but, we seeds. need electro electron microscopes. But humans humans are sort of somewhere between the two. So n- biologically, we're meant to be polygynous, which is one high status male and several females. Not great for societal cohesion. <laughs> But it's just good to know as a man that maybe he's, he's like he's contemplating his life. I'm yeah. not. Like, I'm saying this is why the Saudis are in so much trouble. Keep going. Yeah. So, as a, as a man, at least at least you know that maybe you're fighting against your biology a bit. So if you, if, if you do want to be monogamous which, and and have a lovely, warm, fully intimate relationship, know that you're fighting against this bi- uh, biology. So if you're the kind of amazing alibi. So if the, so if you're the kind of guy. Who is susceptible? Then you know, off more is basically what I would recommend. Essentially, do that or snap, just turn you know. the crank once in a while when no one's looking. 
that that that's that's the that is obviously the solution. We're about and, to that at some point, you know, and, and, and yeah, I'm maybe maybe you, Medicare could you, provide you, that. No, you turn the crank a little bit. He's it'll, trying it'll, to make a serious point, and yeah, that it, it, it wasn't it wasn't that serious. Uh, no, no, I'm trying to translate for people that you know you got to turn the crank so you can stay monogamous. Okay, so I want your opinion on a couple. I want Marianne. your opinion on a couple of things. Okay, you ready? Go on. Oh, God. Trump a racist? Yes or no? I mean, it would be extraordinary to say he's not racist. Sure, not, he's uh, not racist. That, that, yeah. I mean, I essentially Most say Trump is a racist. By the way, I mean, I mean even our prime minister does. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. but the only person that won't is Boris Johnson because he's going to be our next prime minister and wants to strike a trade deal because we're in a sort of grovelingly desperate state. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, and he's his doppelganger. They look the same from yeah. from well, afar. I mean, I mean, I've defended him because he's done the prison reform. He's helped the African-American community. There's a lot of friends of mine that are in the African-American community that like him. He did help get the Martin Luther King thing passed. But he's acting and sounding more and more like a racist every day. And so if that's the move, if it's a win-at-all-costs strategy, he's going to have a lot of people to fact him. It's going to surprise him. Does he believe this? You spent time with him. Listen to me. Anthony just debunked his own theory. You said he's very calculated, right? Well, that's yes where he's, no? gonna, he's asking that question right, right now. So yeah. either he was calculated about supporting the black community in the years prior to this, and this is really his true colors showing now because he's losing it and he's not being calculated. This is calculated. This is calculated. Oh, this is calculated. This is him looking at his poll numbers. So he's saying, calculating shit, that he wants to look numbers. like a racist? Yeah, he's saying my poll numbers really suck. I'm going to double down on, on my the, base. On the white... On the white on crackers? A white, no, on okay. the white nonsense. And that's what he's, that's what he's doing. Make a terrible mistake because you could have made a bet on the economy and uniting the country. But he, he's making a foolish bet because this guy's like me, like, hey, dude, we, how are we going to support that? Is he, is he Telling said, people to go back to the country that they came from when they were born in the United States? Hey, listen. Has he, he ever said he, anything racist in front of you? No, he, he he's hard. never. No, no, no. I'm trying to think of specific things. He's never said anything racist in a small setting, not like that. But he does say calculated dog whistle things. Quite a few good people on both sides, and uh, I don't know who David Duke is when he knows who he is. You know, he he likes triggering people, and he likes sending liberals down a rabbit hole of Trump derangement. Crazy. He has figured out. More journalists on television that sound like Charlie Brown's teacher, wah, 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 hmm. the better it is for him and his base. You see, so so the strategy is, wow, the economy's doing great, but 56% of the people hate my effing guts, so I'm going to triple down, and I'm going to see if I can get the white vote up to 72% from 62. I think Anthony's all wrong. I think okay. he thinks the whole world loves him. I think he oh, thinks. Love what I'm doing. Yeah, I honestly okay. think he thinks that everybody loves him. He's All doing right, an amazing he, job, right. and he has he's got it covered, and he's just showing his true colors. That's okay. All. So be, before so, we go, so Trump is a racist. That's your view. Um, I, I said it. Yeah. I said it yeah. more diplomatically than the than yeah. the British ambassador. <laughs> yeah, 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 you said it more. But it's obviously, but Derek, I love. I just wrote an op-ed in uh, in one of the I think the Daily Mirror about him. He's a very good guy. Mm. Big mistake by Trump. Missed opportunity to be magnanimous mm. in that situation. Okay, so uh, two more questions. Okay, um, there was a suspect. He was hiding. Mm. And he erupted a gigantic fart. Ripping I, ass. Yeah, I'm just not making this up. I mean, he just totally blew ass, okay, uh-huh. and got himself caught. Okay, so you're the sociologist in the room. So was uh, that stress and pressure of the 100,000-year-old body that he's 
in? Was that a Freudian fart? Like, ripping I'm, ass. I'm over, I'm over here and I want to get caught? Or what do you think that was? Loud fart gives away suspects hiding spot. See, I, I mean, I, I, would, I, would, I would suggest that he doesn't, he doesn't have enough of a, a probiotic-rich diet. And had he started that day with some prebiotic leafy greens and then had some fermented sauerkraut and had a kombucha before committing his robbery... He would still be on the loose. He, he, he would be that sailing That sounds like it would turn me into a human propane tank, what you just said. That's all good. No one That's like anti-farting no stuff? It, 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 it's, it's the opposite. It's, kind of, it's, like, it's like releasing the valve... Um, right, he, he, it would be constantly right, coming so, out, so it wouldn't have so to be the, a big he'd, he'd blast. Be, he'd be retired in Bermuda by now. <laughs> okay, so so when the podcast is over, I need your diet. You look very thin. I also, I also do a I, I do a BBC podcast called All Hail Kale, okay. which is about wellness. And we, I did a show on the gut mind link. Ninety percent of your serotonin, your feel good chemicals, are in your in your belly. So I was doing a show about what you can eat, which might make you be less of a miserable Brit. Um, so I, I, I so can, fish and okay. chips doesn't fall right, into so that I'm, category, I'm right? Like no. fish and chips, double stuff Oreos no. are not helping me. I mean, they give me like a little price shock in the beginning, but we, we, we can we, we can do a dietary right, so consultation. We're gonna on that yeah, I we're going to do. We're going to. I may not blow the covers off. Although my my oldest of you know we have five children, but my oldest with Deirdre Nick when I I tell he, she tells him that she doesn't never farted. Mm. Which is an absolute Trumpian sort of a lie. Okay, so I tell him. No, when I she tell fart, him, girl, women don't when, fart. When she moms farts, don't fart it, literally the whole roof I of the house comes off. Fart ripping in ass. Front yeah, of so you. You, oh, you don't fart. Honey? <laughs> it was like a machine. <laughs> it was like a machine tool going off at the Palms Hotel over the weekend. I thought there was like construction <laughs> outside. You tell me you don't fart, me. I mean that's ridiculous. But you, but you, you are oh, aware in, in 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 Britain, she needs a little bit of kombucha and fermented with, with, sauerkraut. With, with, okay, in, in, uh, like, you know, <laughs> I mean you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> okay, anyway, yeah, I was going to say in in the UK the word Trump also means fart. It does, does it? right? Well, you know man. He's, he's, oh man, can you imagine the shit that blasts out of it's there? Literally, I mean, that's got to be fucking. It's literally like disgusting. saying President Fart. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I love that. How ap- apropos. All right. So one oh last thing. God. Thirty seconds left in the podcast. <laughs> Amazing book. Hold up the book, Neil. Let's take a look at the book. Okay. But we're holding it up for yeah. who? They can't They're see us. It up for me, because I reread Uncle the title. Neil. Future oh, okay. Man: I'm How like, to Evolve well, and Thrive in the Age of Trump. Mansplaining and me too. But I'm telling you. If you want to understand the zeitgeist in a brilliant way, read this book. And it only took me about three and a half, four hours to read. So you designed the book for an air flight from, like, say, New York to L.A. That's how I felt about the book. I read it very quickly and very much so enjoyed it. Some great endorsements on the back. One last question. This Saturday, we celebrate the 50th anniversary of the primordial ape, the 100,000-year-old unevolved body setting foot on the moon. In your opinion, are we going back in that direction or are we going back in the dinosaur direction? Like which way is the human race going? Are we going to continue to evolve and advance scientifically and head for a transcendental moment of the sublime? Or are we going back into our knuckle-dragging, chimpanzee-sized testicle past? I would <laughs> I would say we're, we're, we're hitting a crossroads and some people are going to turn left and have this kind of crazy, amazing, technologically rich future, but automation is going to wipe out millions of jobs. And there are going to be lots of people who can't get a toehold in that economy who are going to think, is it worth it? You know, maybe I'm going to go back to a more natural way of living. I don't want to be someone getting a sort of 
basic and minimum wage from the state whilst other people are living this kind of amazing life. So I think I see a sort of utopia and a dystopia Mm -hmm. coming our way. Okay, I think that's another brilliant exposition on your part, and that is the crisis of political leadership because it does not have to be that way. There have been several seismic changes in technology where we've been able to figure it out. It's like the cane. Tim Samuels, you're a superstar. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I need your anti-farting. I need your anti-Trumpy diet. Okay, I gotta get. I gotta get you. Okay. (laughs) See you next Tuesday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.